Behind this door is another dimension. Welcome to Enter the Flow Zone podcast. This is the only podcast that teaches people the secrets of peak performance, positive psychology, and mindset mastery to help unlock your flow state. Here's your host, certified flow coach and international happiness consultant, Sumed Chatterjee. Welcome back to Enter the Flow Zone podcast. And I'm your host, Sumed Chatterjee. We have an incredible guest with us today, Melia Shimlesha. I hope I pronounced your name right. <laughs> uh, do- yeah, doctor of, of psychology and a researcher in a very big consulting company. And for the last four years, she's been researching on flow. So it's amazing to have you on here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for hosting and thank you for this uh, wonderful introduction. I'm really happy to be part of your podcast and uh, excited to, uh, to talk about flow. Great, awesome. So how did you first begin your journey into positive psychology and into flow? Well, uh, that, that, that was, uh, uh, how would you say, uh, a play of different circumstances uh, as I did all my studies in France where positive psychology is not that known, not, not that much, uh, neither practice or research. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this opportunity to do my uh, PhD in an industrial setting, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, my research would be applied, like uh, R&D uh, work in a consulting company. And basically their uh, brief was, uh, please research something uh, find a way, find levers mm-hmm. to uh, to bring up the performance and joy of employees working on innovation project. Mm-hmm. So, we, together with my uh, PhD advisors Stephanie Buizin and Nigeron Piegan, uh, we were searching for what could what could relate both to playful joy and the performance, work performance at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we, we fell on this concept of flow, Csikszentmihalyi as a, a concept of flow. I said, uh, why not? I mean, it was really well researched in individual settings, how individuals go into the flow zone, uh, what are like the factors that uh, uh, influence it, what are the outcomes. Uh, it was well researched in applied psychology, like in sports, in health, in education, but uh, nothing about uh, workplace and organizational psychology. So we said, let's try, let's see whether there is collective flow. Does that exist? How does it manifest? And uh, can it really uh, leverage up uh, the performance uh, of companies business wise? and uh, the personal fulfillment of uh, workers and employees. Amazing. So that, that, that's basically how, how I got there. Awesome. And are there specific flow triggers or anything that you guys looked at in particular? What, what did you find from conducting this research? Well, first of all, as, uh, as I had a, a solid background in social psychology, from the start, we knew that this collective flow, social flow, would be by nature uh, different from the sum of individual flows of people that work together. So we'll build up first a, a theoretical model um, 
which was actually mixing uh, some individual flow characteristics together with sociocognitive characteristics, meaning that there must be some, uh, some glue to all these individual flows that make this collective flow something different and something bigger than the sum of its uh, individual uh, parts. So uh, uh, we thought uh, first uh, about uh, the uh, social identification theory, uh, the fact that people uh, feel the belonging to, to their group, to their team, right. as uh, one of the main uh, main uh, levers of, uh, of uh, that social flow. Um, and uh, we ran first few um, observational studies, like exploratory uh, field studies, and then did some interviews. So we gathered salient, uh, how to say, uh, variables from the, the field, as well as like salient clues from the literature, which is mm. really scarce. There, there aren't many articles nor books published yeah. on the topic and picked them out, made the theoretical model with inputs, like the preconditions for uh, entering the, 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 this social collective flow. The core processes, which are attentional, motivational, and so, socio-identitary processes, and the outputs, which are cohesion, performance, and positive affect. So we took that model and tested it like a variable by variable experimentally in very controlled settings with uh, groups uh, we gave them tasks like identical tasks and then varied factor by factor to see exactly uh, what does induce flow where does it pass through what are like the the, the mediators and uh, uh, um, of, of this function and how does it uh, uh, how to Reflection. say uh, yeah, the outcomes. Great. So where did you first learn that you had this kind of knack for going into this this performance-based work? Where where did that journey begin and how did it bring you to, to researching it further? Well, I wouldn't say that it was a performance-based, performance-driven. Mm. Uh, I had this uh, deep conviction at the beginning of, of my research, that uh, that performance is uh, uh, very closely and indissociably related to um, to the motivation and fulfillment. Like yeah. you can make people performant by burning them out, mm. but it will be like you can throw them away like waste afterwards. Right. But if you really want to have um, a long-term uh, performance in your company, uh, then people should be uh, uh, fulfilled uh, in order to perform uh, well in, in the long term, to keep them healthy and happy. Great. That's awesome. I really like that, that your personal approach to that. So I think that since flow is such a subjective experience for a lot of people, I want to ask you, what is your personal definition of the flow state? Well, uh, it's really um, how to say, um, as I'm 
for, for so long in the research, I, I'm like uh, more into definitions according to this author. The scientific, yeah, uh, literature, yeah. I got it, <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, I'd say what's my personal is it's also research-wise because I yeah. am personally a researcher. Right. Um, so for me, uh, flow is uh, the optimal state of uh, maximal concentration and uh, uh, optimal uh, experience where uh, people act at the peak of their capacity. They're completely absorbed in their activity, uh, don't see the time passing, uh, the awareness and the action get merged, uh, like in mindfulness, but a little bit different. And uh, yeah, it's it's actually the best lever of learning. And uh, for me, learning is moving forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's awesome. That's great. So, what is an unusual habit that you've encountered throughout your research that maybe it's something absurd that you love doing that gets you into flow, or you've noticed even in the groups of people that actually it gets them to be motivated or fulfilled well it depends on the people it depends on the activity itself uh, because we know there are like two basic preconditions to entering the flow state which is right. the first one is the equilibrium the balance between the challenges and the the, the, the skills uh, and it will really depend on the person, not only the person itself objectively, but the the, the, the subjective perception of your skills and the, the challenges of the situation. It's all right. here. It's all here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and on the, on the other hand, uh, there is like uh, the structure of the task, uh, proximal goals and the, the clarity of feedback. The fact that you know what's the next step you don't know necessarily where it will lead you in, in the end, but you need to know what's the next step or what are the two next steps. And uh, clarity of feedback, knowing that that step you made, you just made, was it good? Was it bad? Should you adjust? Uh, should you correct something? Mm-hmm. So uh, depending on the task, it will be really different. I mean, uh, skiing, playing piano, uh, doing analysis in uh, an Excel sheet, mm-hmm. uh, making a lunch, everything can be a flow-inducing activity. And, uh, I mean, uh, doing statistics uh, in yeah. uh, SPS can be flow-inducing, but it's uncomparable to, uh, I don't know, doing acrobatic ski uh, jump, right. you see. Absolutely. There's a lot of research that is in a very death-defying, like, you know, endeavors and flow, like in terms of a lot of adventure sports athletes and a lot of research in terms of risk being a flow trigger. Do you think that that idea of risk in the workplace can also be uh, a flow trigger that gets people to work a little bit uh, faster? As a researcher, I don't have... Uh 
knowledge or data to mm. tell you, yes, we have tested this, th that and uh, <laughs> we have the conclusion that uh, yeah, a risk right. is a significantly a contributor to that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe there is. I haven't uh, searched for it. But uh, personally, I think yes. And um, I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, I have never chaired a round table in a conference. I have chaired some oral sessions, but uh, in round table, not really. It's like uh, the whole amphitheater is sitting and you're um, doing a presenter about the topic that you're informed, but not totally, you know, you don't know the research of other people. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, recently, my boss asked me, "Oh, Amelia, uh, we're presenting at this conference. Uh, would you would you chair the the round table? There is no one uh, who wants to do it." I said, "I've never done this. I don't know how to do that. But yes, okay, I accept the challenge. It's risk, you know. Yeah. But it uh, it pushes you to 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 learn and to try new things. And um, for people like me who like challenge, uh, the, the, this is definitely a flow inducing. Mm -hmm. That's great. So let's say in the last five years of your life, have, have you found any kind of new beliefs or behaviors that have most improved your life in terms of your own fulfillment? Flow related or generally? It could be both. Could be both. Okay. Okay, so, um, well, as um, flow-related beliefs, as we said, one of the main preconditions of flow is that, that balance between the perceived challenges and perceived skills. Mm -hmm. So, in the last five years of my life, I have uh, noticed that the, the challenges that I perceive seem to be more challenging than they actually are. And uh, I started to, uh, to go towards them and uh, to, how to say, to, to diminish this uh, illusion of, oh, this is too big, this is impossible. Mm -hmm. And it's really improved uh, my life. Actually, I started doing things that I was thinking incapable of, but they're totally doable and, uh, you know, yeah. it's not that scary as it seems at the first place and um, the other thing that is not flow related which really improved my life is uh, the discovery of all these gratitude exercises mm -hmm. they're really simple uh, it's actually uh, practicing daily uh, the, the, the gratitude what went well and uh, like before sleeping uh, or during the dinner, uh, uh, saying like, oh, I'm grateful, this went well, that went well, this person was nice to me today, I'm grateful for those three things, five things, one thing. And uh, during, if you keep doing this more than one week or two weeks, it actually turns your attention to positivity in life and everything starts to uh, seem uh, much better than before, uh, especially in France. I don't know uh, uh, if this, it's not that stereotype, it's, it's uh, true, but that 
French have this uh, culture of complaining. Mm -hmm. It's really important and historically uh, it enabled the revolutions and really uh, 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 liberty and equity and everything. But today, I mean, uh, complaining about everything, uh, it turns your attention on the things that are not working well and you don't see this majority of other things that mm. are working well. So I think uh, this uh, this gratitude uh, exercise could, could even be uh, uh, publicly introduced uh, into schools uh, and, uh, you know, it's something that, uh, that is really simple, that is free and that makes you truly ha happier in your daily life. Amazing. So what advice would you give, let's say, a student who wants to do well in school and they want to get out into the real world and they want to get into that flow state, but they're not really enjoying what they're doing. But even though like flow is you need to enjoy the certain aspect of it, could there still be tricks that they could maneuver to be able to tap into that state of flow? And what what is some advice that they should they could get, and what is some advice that they should ignore? <laughs> well, at first place, they should study what they love. But right. even when you study something you love, like I studied psychology, that's what I love. But I didn't like all the classes. Everything, yeah. It's impossible to be pleased with everything which is given. Curriculum, but you have to do it if you want to have your diploma. You have to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, what would I say? I would say there is a uh, there is two things that I would point out. The first one is uh, using your character strengths, mm -hmm. uh, like discovering what are your character strengths, and then leaning on them in order to do. Uh, activities that uh, at the first place are not that pleasant for you. Actually, leaning on your character strengths allows you to enter the, the flow zone and to gamify uh, that, uh, that activity that is not by nature that interesting for you. And the second thing is a future projection. It's uh, like your grit will uh, depend on the vision that you have of yourself in the future. What do you want to become? Where you want to come? And uh, this should be something uh, ambitious and something that uh, makes you dream of, you know? Yeah. And the, big, the bigger the ambition is, the further you'll get. If you... If you uh, have uh, your goal uh, set to to reach the Mars, but you don't re really reach the Mars. You just go to to the moon. That's that that, that mm. that's not bad. You see, right? You like shoot to the moon, you land amongst the stars. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, so the two things that you said is one was future projection, other one is to focus on your character strengths. And yes. so what would be a way to, for people to begin this journey? I know that there are different things like Strength Finder, Clifton, there are different like tests that they could do to figure out what their strengths are. Mm -hmm. 
um, what would be a way that people just like let's say that their top three strengths are like um, you know creativity um, humor and spirituality but let's say the top three like how are they able to then use those three things to be able to get a task done like could you give me an okay. example <laughs> yeah let's take creativity Okay. You have uh, creativity as your number one character strength, yeah. and you have to finish learning uh, or doing your projects for accountability class that you don't like. Okay. Well, you can use your creativity uh, to find alternative ways uh, to uh, use uh, this, uh, I don't know, uh, program that you're using for accounting or uh, do your exercise or uh, you can uh, you can create uh, an experience for yourself imagining uh, some story behind uh, that uh, I don't know you are a business owner and you have to do this you know telling stories to yourself right. to make it fun That's and uh, to make it a little bit crazy so that would be uh, the use of uh, creativity as a uh, uh, character strengths. Uh, humor, I don't know. I'm actually very low on humor <laughs> on my via uh, character strength list of 24 characters. So I wouldn't preach about humor and uh, spirituality. That's a difficult question. I should think about that. <laughs> Great. I, I generally just mentioned my top strengths because I couldn't think of any other ones. But yeah, if anybody listening, um, if you guys just look up what your top three strengths are, that try and utilize them in any kind of task that you're trying to accomplish and use those to try and achieve them in a much more beneficial and effortless way using tapping into your flow. Great. So. There there are two really good uh, assessments for our uh, character strengths. Mm -hmm. uh, VI Institute, uh, VIA, yeah. those are free, so mm -hmm. anyone can uh, can do it. And the Gallup um, character strengths, but those are like fifty nine bucks, and I think. Uh, what was the second one? Bucks is a lot for uh, for a student. What was that second I mean, one? What was that second one that you mentioned? Gallup. Gallop. Gallop, okay. Uh, Gallop, Gallop like, like a horse? Gallop? Uh, you know, <laughs> no, Gallop is this uh, this big firm that does uh, pools, uh, you know, like election pools okay. and uh, yeah. about politics and well-being and GDP. Okay. Uh, what's the name? Clifton Strands. Clifton Strands, yeah, yeah. Great. Awesome. Yeah, so... Yeah, anybody listening, just please check out your top strengths and try and utilize them to really tap into that zone. Great, amazing. So what kind of techniques do you use um, as maybe a facilitator or if you're coaching somebody or if you're taking them through this process of becoming much more in tune with their strengths? Uh, what What is a way that, what is some like different techniques that you, you utilize? What are some positive psychology interventions or some kind of different tools that you have? Well, um, um, actually, 
at this moment, uh, professionally, I'm more into working with teams. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, we organize uh, like uh, the workshops and seminars uh, for, uh, for different project teams. Uh, and uh, what I do usually, uh, what really works uh, good, it's something that uh, we found in our research and is soon to be published, is um, the level of uh, action identification. Uh, we put that really high. What's, I'll explain you what's the, the action identification. So for any activity you have, you have different ways of verbalizing uh, what you're doing. For example, I can be playing piano and uh, uh, saying I'm pressing the keyboard touches mm -hmm. would be one level of action identification. Uh, a little bit higher would be to say, okay, I'm reading the uh, fifth measure of the third line of Bach's, uh, I don't know, prelude. Mm. That would be some intermediary. Even higher would yeah. be, uh, okay, I'm I'm preparing my uh, my concert, uh, or I'm trying to interpret to express the idea of the author of the composer. Mm -hmm. So it's basically the same action. I'm playing the piano, but the way that I uh, verbalize it, that I express it, differs on the in the terms of level of uh, identification of that action. So uh, collective work in uh, collaboration of teams. It is very important to bring that uh, action identification really high. Mm. Why? Because it will do two things. When you have a really ambitious uh, uh, goal, uh, on the one hand, uh, it will trigger the uh, intrinsic motivation of everyone. So they'll be uh, mot uh, motivated by the activity itself because it makes you dream, it makes you wonder, it, uh, it's something good, you know, it's something, wow, ambitious. And on the other hand, it will create this, um, this glue between the people uh, so that they ident identify uh, like, uh, like we. There is uh, this uh, we-ness, this group that, that is getting born out of this uh, uh, high ambition. So uh, that's something that I really insist on and that I, 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 I try to implement in all my workshops. Like, uh, don't, don't, don't keep it uh, down to earth. Really, re really shoot for the moon, mm -hmm. for, for anything, for anything. Right. So it, it goes kind of from the micro to actually self-narrating to yourself, I'm doing this thing. And then you're slowly expanding it and making it much more grander in in terms of the identification. Definitely. And then you're going exactly. and then you're going on to even include an entire group. So like let's say you're a public speaker, you're saying like I am the audience, like almost like this is what I meant to do. Um, from just saying I am speaking to like the grand like speaking at I don't know some stadium. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great. And the the great people, the inspirational leaders have this uh, the, this power of uh, 
of tapping into uh, the, the collective dreams and what people really want from life and how do they really want to contribute to the society and the world itself. And uh, that's, that's their secret, uh, uh, secret power, uh, secret magic of uh, uh, mobilizing all, all those crowds. Remember uh, uh, Martin Luther King uh, right. uh, with his speech? Yeah. Absolutely, 100%, yeah. So what do you think is the impact of the future of this kind of work in terms of positive psychology or group, group flow? What do you think is the future benefit, just in terms of your own predictions uh, as to how, how it may go? Uh, in terms of my predictions, I mean, there there is much more research to be done. It's yeah. uh, just something that we started doing. I have few colleagues yeah. in the world who are interested. Uh, we're all connected, small community. Mm -hmm. We all work together. Um, um, and uh, there is much more uh, effort needed research-wise. Practice-wise, it depends really about what sector you're interested in. If you're into corporate business, th there's everything to be done because the work has become, since the industrial era, so alienated from uh, human nature. And uh, yeah. we have to relearn how to play, how to live life, how to enjoy it. Mm. So everything is to redo. But in some other, uh, how to say, uh, Sectors, I don't know, people who work with kids uh, or theater, music. I think uh, that uh, there, there is this implicit uh, common knowledge on how to enter the zone, how to, 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 to be performant, how to enjoy yourself, and that uh, this gap is uh, much smaller. And what do you think this? one of the solutions is to, to bridge the gap from people wanting kind of this instantaneous gratification or this pleasure towards that more long-lasting eudaimonic kind of fulfillment or flourishing that people, I guess, crave, but they have no idea how to get there. So what is kind of a way to get people to delay their gratification, do you think? Um, on a world uh, society level, I think we're approaching a point where there is uh, less and less poverty and where more and more people are having their basics in terms of uh, security. Uh, I don't know. I'm talking about industrial Western world. Of course, there are still countries where, where that is not. But, 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 but this world that we live in and know um, it's close to satisfaction of basic uh, needs. So once your needs are satisfied, then you have a little bit more than you uh, need. You get to understand that uh, uh, material pleasures uh, uh, and uh, uh, the satisfaction of hedonic uh, needs yeah. is not enough to, to, to be happy. Right. And then there is a little existential crisis. Uh, oh no, I'm not happy. Who can help me? Can I see a shrink or uh, change my religion or uh, do, do some yoga? And people in different ways with different vocabulary through different uh, uh, metaphysics uh, 
accedes to to eudaimonics to this higher level of uh, not passive hedonism passive pleasures but active joy mm-hmm. and uh, th- th- that's i think that is a personal uh, path that every yeah. everyone takes on his own or her own and uh, that i don't know sh- shouldn't be um, generalized mm-hmm. because we have different developmental paths and right. uh, you know, somebody somebody gets that when he's five years old, and somebody doesn't get it until uh, her or his death. So uh, everyone on its pace and by its means, through religion, through psychology, through mm-hmm. art, uh, through other things, uh, through their own individual way and path and yeah. their own pace. Right. Great. So. When personally, if you're feeling a bit overwhelmed or unfocused and you lose your flow, you lose your focus temporarily, what are some things that you do to quickly try to induce that state of optimal performance in yourself? Um, um, Well, first of all, I don't think it's possible or needed to be constantly in the state of flow. Uh, there, there, there are other states of consciousness uh, uh, that, that are also, how to say, uh, right. uh, useful and uh, even a little bit of boredom and a little bit of anxiety makes you uh, conscious of where are your limits or the limits of your uh, uh, context of the situation. So uh, all this has sense and uh, is important to have. But when when I lose my focus, uh, for example, when I'm uh, working, I'll take a break. I'll take a break and then come come back to it. Uh, saying, for example, if I'm doing something that I really don't like, but it has to be done, mm-hmm. I'll use some. Uh, I have some applications on my phone uh, that are really simple. Uh, like uh, uh, that uh, count the, the, the minutes and say like for one hour I won't check my phone I listen to no one I just do this and after that I can do whatever I want and uh, it it does work it does work great what what are some ways in which people can take more effective breaks because a lot of people you know they cover coffee break smoke break then they come back and they feel drained equally when they just start working again. Um, what do you think consists of a healthy break for somebody? Uh, healthy break? Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, for me, healthy break is learning uh, something new, but which is totally disconnected from uh, my uh, first task. Uh, right, it's like a pattern yeah. interrupt for you. So you go and yeah, do something changing. else. Yeah, it's mm. changing to something else, uh, like investing myself in something else and then coming back to the, the first task. Um, it right. could be uh, also uh, med- med- meditating. Uh, why not? Taking five minutes off uh, uh, by yourself alone or with application to... Yeah. Uh, to take a break uh, or walk walking is great walking yeah. is great it really empties your uh, your head and 
there are so many researchers and also artists uh, that talk about walking and the power yeah. of taking the long walks where the ideas mature and uh, mm. yeah it's like a it's like a low very yeah. low grade low grade type of flow state that you get into when you're walking yeah, yeah it's actually uh, an incubation of things that accumulated and uh, when you stop thinking about something that you're intensively thinking of right. like the neural connections appear by uh, by themselves in most um, and sleeping sleep mm -hmm. right that whole recovery phase of flow cycle right yeah absolutely so in terms of somebody who is very interested in doing some more work or research in this line, what would they kind of start off with in terms of just exploring? Would you say that they should explore something that is very personal to them, something that they enjoy doing? Where, where is really the place that they can take it to? If somebody's curious about learning more about these concepts of positive psychology or about flow or about, you know, workplace optimization. Well, it depends if, if they're scientifically interested into it. There, there are uh, journals that publish uh, research on that, books as well. Uh, but if you're just like curious and uh, you're not a researcher and you don't want to become one, there are other ways. Uh, there are other ways. Um, uh, for example, <laughs> what could I, I? I would recommend really uh, reading uh, Mihai Shchiksen Mihai's book. Yeah. Um, what he published about uh, flow itself, good business. Uh, 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 creativity. It's really accessible. It's yeah. really uh, easy to read and he's amazing writer and you read it really like um, fantasy fiction. I don't know. At least for me it was that interesting and I don't think you, you need to be a researcher or a psychologist to, to get it. It's, um, it's really good. Yeah, it's really interesting, as well as how the concept of flow is now branching off into different things. That's also very interesting to me. Like, personally, I've found that flow is now being taught in terms of mushin and martial arts and that kind of that mentality of, like, the mind of no mind, uh, empty your mind, as Bruce Lee says, right? And also compared to certain things like deep work, which, which is a term invented by Cal Newport, who talks about like a non-distracted world, a very distracted world, how can you really get that sense of focus and do something for an extended period of time? And so, yeah, I love how this one state of consciousness is being, you know, going in so many different directions. I think that's really fascinating and I think it, it can help a lot of people. Um, thank you so much for being a part of this and sharing your own welcome wisdom. it was a big pleasure to to share a little bit uh, of what i do of uh, of uh, my research and what i think and uh, i'm grateful for your invitation ah, i'm grateful for you too Amelia. thank you so much for joining us and how can people get in contact with you 
how can people uh, get in contact with you uh, with me uh, well uh, uh, they can uh, follow me uh, on Instagram uh, my name is Saint Mickey uh, the handle is uh, uh, Mickey Saint Alex uh, maybe you can provide a, a link right. yeah sure that, that's now one of the main uh, 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 links and for research, it, it would be on LinkedIn, uh, basically, Milia Shimlesha. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can guys find me there. Great. Amazing. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Have an amazing day, rest of your day. You're well. Thank you. Yeah, and may the flow be with you. Enjoyed this Flow Awakening episode? Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow at Flowzone Academy on Instagram. That's at F L O Z O N E A C A D E M Y. May the flow be with you and stay legendary. Until next time, Flowmies.